You are listening to a Banzai Retro Club podcast. Language and topics may not always be appropriate for younger listeners. Press 1 for a groovy topic from the 1970s. Press 2 for an awesome topic from the 1980s. Or press 3 for a slamming topic from the 1990s. Please choose now. Too late. We have made your selection for you. Let's start the show. Go. <laughs> well, I already started the recording again. That's, that's fine. I'll go next, I guess. Talk, talk amongst yourselves. Okay. <laughs> Coffee talk. Got a little phlegm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always muting and, you know, uh, clearing my throat and such. Well, Suzanne, you're so sweet like honey butter. Well, like butter, yeah. (laughs) Don't get all the (laughs) clumps. The clumps. I got the clumps. I'm from New York, so that's easy for me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you know what we need right now? Give me a little, give me a little Janice. Intermission. Oh, Janice. <laughs> oh my God. And I'm back. Get go to the coffee house if you're under quarantine. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Very true. Well huh. said. What would they have done? <laughs> uh, sorry, Scott. I just while you were gone, yeah, I had to have her do Janice. Yeah. yeah. Janet, you you do really good, Janice. Jeez. Janice yeah. under quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> Janice, yeah, Janice on lockdown <laughs> in Manhattan. <laughs> Thank oh you. Yeah. I need to see Chandler Bing. Oh my God. <laughs> Chandler. Bing. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, asked for it. <laughs> I did. I love it. Uh, but I think it's time for us to pivot. Pivot. <laughs> pivot. Pivot. Uh, let's do a little karate. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> so you're next, uh, Suzanne? Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Is, right. that, is that okay, Rose? Or are you? Absolutely. All right. Uh, Actually, I was recording through all that, so we'll keep going. Uh, uh, did you restart the timer? Uh, I will start as soon as you do your intro. This is a something podcast. Banzai! 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 Hey, where's the thief? I don't think there's anybody back there. You or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Ghostbusters! Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you! And knowing is half the battle. Be X to each other. 
Bonza Retro Club, and I'm Suzanne. Uh, and what we're doing is uh, we've each picked an 80s movie to talk about, but we're trying to find movies that maybe aren't the big obvious choices that we've been talking about uh, or that is coming up on the Rotten Tomatoes essential 80s list. Uh, so we, we like to pick out sometimes what we call our hidden gems, doing little air quotes, uh, where there's a uh, Maybe a movie that deserves some due or or or, uh, or some mention and and meant something to us or that we thought was, you know, really had some quality behind it, but yet isn't on everybody's list of oh yeah that was that was the eighties movie. Uh, so that being said, I picked a movie that maybe is is a weird. Um, well, not a weird choice, but a choice that might be a little difficult to talk about because it really gets kind of uh, intimate, let's say. Um, and that is uh, going uh, to 1989, so we're like really at the tail end of the decade here. Um, it was an independent film by Steven Soderbergh called uh, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. It's the most provocative film of the year. Vincent Canby in the New York Times calls it one of the best of 89. Exceptionally accomplished and witty. Being happy isn't all that great. I mean, the last time I was really happy, I got so fat. The Los Angeles Times calls it brilliant. A delicate and sexually charged film. Rolling Stone says it's dazzling, fun, and scorchingly erotic. Oh. <laughs> Why don't you let me tape you? Doing what? John and Anne don't have sex anymore. And Time Magazine calls it terrific. The season's smartest and funniest film. It's for me. Yeah, it's for you. Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Is that for me? Yeah, it's for you. A Miramax Films release. Whoa. Everybody knows that one. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, not going for comedy on this one. Jeez. Although, uh. The Spada. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I knew that at least you would be familiar with it because I know that you're kind of into James Spader. Um, but this was like the anti-James Spader. It was actually, um, before I get too much into it, um, James Spader, Peter Gallagher, uh, Andy McDowell, and Laura Sanjacomo, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, and it was very, uh, um, okay, I guess we can start off. Like I said, uh, it, it was James Spader, but featuring him in a way that he was not typically featured, he was usually kind of the, kind of the slick and sleazy um uh, you know, drug dealer or you know, evil friend in all was, in the teen he was movies. A dick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. The dick. But not he just a dick. dick. He was like the <laughs> the rich sleazy dick. Yes, he was. <laughs> you know, who was like the snake in the grass who was who was luring everybody into temptation. Um now in in this movie, he's a lot more 
kind of vulnerable, damaged, um, raw, kind of strange drifter who drifts back into the life of one of his college friends, say, I think it's about um, nine years after, the, nine or ten years after they had originally known each other. Um, and that's that's Peter Gallagher, who is um, the main um to let's say let's say him and Andy McDowell are married and they're like the main couple um in this film. Then you kind of add Andy McDowell's sister, who is uh Laura San uh Giacomo, um and then add James Spader whose whose name is Graham. Um and they're kind of like points on a, a, a square and they keep kind of changing loyalties. Um it's it's one of those movies. It was very, uh, it it felt very real and very very like I said like very intimate. Like you you got to know these characters very, um, very very deeply. There there was not a lot of artifice to it. There was hardly any music in the background, um, and it starts off with Andy McDowell talking to her therapist and describing her relationship with her husband. Uh, they're kind of what at the time were considered like a yuppie couple. He was a, is a young lawyer who's just made like junior partner at his film. And, you know, she quit her job to be this housewife in this beautiful house with all this lovely windows and artwork and natural light. And although, you know, everything is perfect and everything is white and nothing, you know, everything is spotless. And, you know, she's dressed, uh, you know, in a lovely little outfit with the, um, the bow in the back of her, you know, gorgeous, uh, flowing, curly hair. Um, so they seem like they're this perfect 80s couple, uh, but really they they barely touch each other anymore. They have, there's no attraction there. She blows up her husband. He thinks she's frigid. Um, then the sister is the young, hot one who'll do anything with anybody and, and you know, has no inhibitions whatsoever. Um so now add to this uh, weird James Spader, who is still in love with his college girlfriend, who somehow emotionally destroyed him to the point where he is impotent and cannot get excited by any way other than he has this library of interviews he's done with women asking them to talk about sex. So he will watch that and then, you know, he'll get off on his own. <laughs> but cannot have any kind of intimate relationship with anyone physically in the same room with him. So, uh, so we see how the, these couples uh, influence each other because of course, under the surface, it's all a mess. The uh, Peter Gallagher is sitting, sleeping with his wife's sister and uh, you know, they eventually find out and, and realize that they've, they all kind of, you know, been wanting to be each other. I think it, it's, one of those strange juxtapositions where everybody's looking at everybody else like, oh, yeah, my my older sister, Anne, she was the pretty one. She was the popular one. Uh, you know, why didn't anybody ever look at me? So she has to just go after every guy, you know, that, that comes near her, including her sister's husband. Um, uh, well, I'll start off with with Rose. If, that, if, if you wanted to add some commentary, I, I'm hoping that that didn't sound too confusing because there is it's just. A lot of of convoluted relationships that are going on in what seems like this perfect little uh, home and couple, you know, up and coming couple. So 
Um, Rose, any thoughts? <laughs> um, okay, so I know I got really excited at the beginning because it, it's been a hundred years since I've seen this movie, and I truly only watched it once. Um, but it was to the point to where I thought, good Lord, what are wrong with you people? You know, I mean, <laughs> it just so you're right. It's convoluted and in a, in, in a creepy, you know, yuppie kind of way. It's just like you're you're not happy with your life. You're not happy with yourself. You can't, you know, can't function you know, outside of having, you know, outside stimuli, you know, and yet no one's going to therapy, you know, I'm just <laughs> like, that's, that was part of the 80s too, well, you know. Yeah, that's true. One of them was going to therapy. I have to give her that. She was at least trying. <laughs> well, yeah, one of them is, but, you know, it just seems to me that, you know, this is a very, um, what's the word I want to use? This is very, uh, the movie itself was, um, think uh cutting edge it was very cutting edge for the time even though i think this shit's been going on forever but you know to make a movie about it and to have mm -hmm. it like rammed in people's faces like here look at this shit yeah. going on in society and it, it, was, was, very like, oh, it was very oh my frank. god yeah and and it was just kind of it was almost what is this almost kind of like a documentary in a way but it really wasn't but um, I really got kind of fed up with all the whining and uh, complaining that was going on and the finger pointing. I don't know, because I, I was single, not by choice at the time. And uh, even though I was married, my husband was out of the house incarcerated. So it was just, and I'm looking at these people going, if I had half the looks you had, do you honestly think? <laughs> they all did look I pretty just, good. Yeah, I was like, do you honestly think I see sitting here watching this stupid movie? <laughs> be out there, you know, flaunting my shit, but you know, I didn't. So, but I, I, I think it's just, it's just a, it's just a picture of the time. You know, it's just like no one was ever satisfied with what they had. They never had enough money. They never had enough beauty. They never had enough sex. They never had enough of anything, you know, and to be able to intelligently, you know, put this all together and shit without it being a comedy or something like that, you know, like casual sex or anything like that, you know, and to be able to show this as the problem that it was, you know, it received a lot of uh, critical reviews. A lot of feedback, you know, from the, you know, the film industry. It was just, it was making headlines all over the world. And I think a lot of people didn't take it seriously at first, but then it was like, okay, well. Yeah, this looks a, like resonance, a, a resonance yeah. after a while. It did. Um, it did. And I think, yeah. I think what you're saying was, was part of the point. Like they all looked great. Uh, I mean, they were, they were gorgeous. They had great job. Well, that, you know, the couple, the, the yeah. main couple uh, that was the focus had these wonderful jobs and, and everything just looked perfect, but was severely yeah. screwed up underneath. Yeah. Um, yeah. No one was happy. No one was satisfied. Um, no one had any sense of, of uh, loyalty, uh, yeah. but they were somehow yeah. all still trying to 
Uh, they were trying to maintain relationships that just were not based on on anything that was sustainable, let's say. Well, no, because if you think about it, you know, what's the one thing a woman wanted to do? Well, you know, it just since the beginning of time, I guess. But the 80s were all about getting married. Everybody's going to get married, you know, and it's just like you're waiting for that that one special guy to pop that question. And then two, three years down the road, you're like, who's this moron? Yeah, how you know? did I get here? <laughs> yeah. You may ask yourself, well. You might ask, no. This is how, how did I get here? Exactly. Yeah, let's quote the talking heads. Guys, did either of you guys see this film? Sex Lives and Videotape? No, I have not. And, you know, as you're sitting there describing it, of course, you know, I focus on, you know, what you said, the free-spirited, the one that I would have sex with anybody. I started looking up um, Cynthia. Uh, So Laura San Giacomo and I'm like, I know mm-hmm. her from somewhere because I was looking at scenes yeah. from the movie, and then I was like, Oh, pretty woman. So I was able yeah. to make that connection, you know, because she played Kit in that movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, All right, I'm I'm interested now because I thought she was fun in that movie. I don't know, is she a fun character in Sex Lies and Videotape, or well, is it I a little too serious? Say, you know, I wouldn't say anything is. Is fun. Like she's very, fun in this movie. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, she is very free spirited, <laughs> but it's almost like with a vengeance. You know, like she's oh. trying to prove something. Okay. And yeah. I think in the end, what she was trying to prove to her sister was that the guy she was married to was a shit. And yeah. even though he, he seemed like the perfect guy with the freaking suspenders in the, you know, the corner office overlooking the river or whatever he had. Um, mm-hmm. Now, whether I buy that in the end, like if I, I don't have a sister, but if my sister decided she was going to, you know, decide that my husband was a shithead by sleeping with him, I, that wouldn't go over very well with me <laughs> in the end. Yeah. That's not the way to prove yeah. it, is what you're saying. <laughs> right, yeah. right. I, I don't, that part, I don't know that I'd buy, but they had very, you know, complicated um, relationships where they, where they were butting heads as sisters. Okay. And jealous of each other. I just felt that everybody in the movie really wanted to be one of the other characters. <laughs> you know, they wanted, they were yeah. just, everybody wanted what they didn't have. It's like, it's like you kind of expressed that as well, Rose, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Why does it so feel like she, St. Elmo's Fire to me? Um, <laughs> it, the darker it, side of St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah, maybe like 10 years later. The, yeah. St. Elmo's Fire 10 years later, maybe. Yeah, and it was, yeah. it was definitely kind of dark and a little perverted. Um, but yeah. not that you really saw that on the screen, but Mm-mm. that's, I think, what, what you would call that um, James Spader's character if you were to meet him. Uh, you, you had a certain amount of sympathy for him, listening, to, you know, and he was very open about his own faults, you know, mm-hmm. but he was very strangely damaged. So, so based on your synopsis, I get the sex and videotape part. What about the lies? Where does that come in? Well, the one was sleeping with his wife's sister, okay. and he also slept with with his college friend's girlfriend, the one who eventually broke up with him and turned him into this broken mess. You find out in the end, um, mm-hmm. and there, and you know, of course, and the sister, the sisters are lying to each other as well, and it's all very complicated and and very well acted, where they they kind of draw you along. Um, to the to the point where there's one moment where um, Andy McDowell uh, 
finds an earring under her bed when she's vacuuming the house. Um, and she just sits there and stares at this earring until she, and uh, there's no dialogue. Like I said, there's no music, there's no track or, or anything. You're just watching her as the wheels are turning in her head. And she remembers that her sister mentioned missing a pearl earring, like mm. four scenes before mm. as they were, you know, rummaging through her jewelry and getting dressed to go somewhere. Um, and that aha moment that you share with her just sitting there staring at the freaking earring is like, Oh my God. You know, yeah. it just all dawns on her that uh, this is, this is what's going on. My husband's been sleeping with my sister, which is pretty harsh. Yeah. It's, it's just, there's no, there's nothing. I don't want to say there's nothing good that can come of it but they don't really show you a lot of good that came from it. Well, you know? I, I think in the end, w what you kind of take away from, because it, um, uh, John and Anne, Andy McDowell and, and Peter Gallagher, mm -hmm. they do get divorced in the end. She stands up and says, right. I want out of this marriage. Mm -hmm. I think through, they finally all come to realize that they're, they're, they were trying to live lives that were not, we're not based on anything that they could, that was honest. Um, yeah. So maybe they were going to walk away from it and be able to more be their true selves because they've, they've stepped away from the thing that society kind of told them they should be, you know, this right. upstanding couple, which none mm -hmm. of them could be or, or right. you know, which they couldn't be. Now, right. Since I'm not familiar with the film at all and we, we've given Scott absolutely no time to give any input. I'm sorry about that, buddy. Um, <laughs> That's okay. But I've got to know, because as a person who hasn't watched it, why does Spader have all this this videotape of people giving these kind of confessions? Um, well, he has them. Like I said, he, he is impotent. He right. is just, like, psychologically damaged, supposedly from this woman from his past, right. which this other character knew of, you know, was involved with also. Right, and um, you mentioned that. You mentioned he, as to why he gets, you know, what gets him off. I get that. Right. But why so does he have these videotapes? That's the, the purpose for the videotapes. He has this collection. He interviews women. He does not, Why you would know, Why would you talk to me if I'm this guy? Well, that's the thing. He kind, He's very honest about it, almost like he's this journalist observer of life, okay. you know? And this drifter who's not, you know, has like this kind of Zen existence, you know, he doesn't have a job. He doesn't have any ties to any people. He doesn't, there's a scene where he talks about the fact that he only wants one key in his life. If he has a car, then, you know, he doesn't want a key to somebody's apartment. And, um, yeah. you know, so he, uh, and, uh, you know, in, in the end, he, he it, it is kind of a, a weird perversion, but, uh, like, he pulls it off as, you know, this is totally up to you if you do want to take part in this, but this is what I do. Okay. And, uh, well, you know, he's, he's hot as fuck, too, so that has a lot to do with <laughs> getting women. No, I'm not kidding. If if some hot guy came up and it was just like, so let's talk for a minute. Let me uh, interview you about your life and, you know, what things that you're afraid of and things that you want you know, maybe you don't want other people to know and it would just be between you and I. And, you know, I, after a couple of drinks, I'd be like, so anyway, 90, 90, 90. 
like, <laughs> you know, and I will be like, tell me your life story. <laughs> yeah. I also think, okay, so the, the time frame when this took place, videotape, like to be, to be able to sit and record somebody was a fairly new thing to be able to do to document where you are in your life exactly like what you're thinking what you're doing what you're wearing what your hairstyle what like we never there was never really a capacity to do that kind of thing before you know maybe you could record yourself talking on a tape cassette and send it to one of your friends instead of writing a letter um i had a friend i had some friends that did that with each other that's yeah we used to do that at camp you know when when we we didn't see each other for the school year we would send each Mm. each other tape cassettes uh but this was like opening a new world of i can document people who come in and out of my life you know like today this would not you know everybody is so um they document every single step they take you know it's all out there it's all out there on facebook ever and ever right it's all out there tiktok yeah so um I just I, I can't help but think back to the size of the cameras, the video cameras that they were using back then. Like he had this giant thing on a tripod recording these people. Um, uh, you know I I, I know they never showed that, but that's just how I imagine yeah, it because it was. They don't really show is, the camera too much. It's kind of um. What was this? But yeah, they were great big clunky 89? things that you had on your shoulders. Oh, it's eighty nine. Yeah. Okay, still still big cameras, but anyway. Uh, I, I, I remember watching this movie at least once, uh, maybe bits and pieces of it, you know, over the years, I might've seen a couple chunks of it, but I don't have a lot of input. So me being silent this whole time, that's just because I really didn't have a lot to add to this anyway. I I do think James Spader, he went through a strange period of some of some really weird sex movies. <laughs> like th- this was not that weird, but crash was freaking weird. I don't, think I don't I know it. if you guys remember that one. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's Holly Hunter, James Spader. Uh, I can't remember who else is in it. Um, but it's a very strange sexual fetish movie. It's where people get in cars and, and intentionally have car accidents and they get off on that. It's, oh, weird. Like it, yeah, it's very, very strange. And and, and there is actually a, a scene where James Spader uh, is making out with another guy when they're reenacting a version of – or reenacting the moment when um, – oh, my gosh. The actor that died in the car accident, huge, huge in the 50s, big country. Oh, my gosh. This is my my James senior Dean. moment coming to me. Yes, James Dean. They reenact the James Dean accident, and they end up having this weird homoerotic moment with James Spader and I can't remember the other actor's name. But it was it was he he's been some very interesting stuff, and Holly Hunter was very interesting in that movie too. So anyway, that that that's not that's not sexualized videotape. That is called Crash, and it was not the same Crash that. Uh, Matt Dillon was in, which we had mentioned in a previous podcast. Uh, so anyway, totally different. 
Uh, I don't have a lot to add to this other than I love James Spader. Love Annie McDowell. She's a really great actress. Uh, she was awesome in Groundhog Day. She had a nice little oh, yeah. series. Very friend, very, very friendly um, cedar something or other. My wife was really into the show. Hmm. Took place in the north. One. Took took place in the northwest up by you, Rose. Oh. Hmm. It was not too long ago. It was only within the last. Uh, she had a a small uh, role in Saint Elmo's Fire, also. If you remember. Oh yeah, she was, yeah. She was. <laughs> Was she was Amelia Estevez. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, my God. I Love forgot you. about yeah. that. Yeah. I was going to say, because that could have been like 10 years, you know, later, you know, and Emilio Estevez is like a full-blown stalker now. And he's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no scruples well. whatsoever or standards, you know. So, yeah, he's got some yeah. issues. So. She was the I mean, doctor, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the one thing I do love about the movie that you mentioned, Sexualized Videotape, is James Spader. I think he's awesome as an actor. I've watched many of his things years later. He is freaking hysterical in The Office. Oh, yeah. California. That's a weird character, too. This is no get-together. This is a party. Yeah, I mean, just a moment... He's just—I love his character in that in that episode or in that series. But overall, just he's always been one of my favorite actors. Even though in a lot of the early shows or early movies, he did play, like I said, the dick. You know, he was kind of the yeah. the company dick, if you want to call it. As we say, <laughs> well, yes, okay, antagonist. <laughs> yes, all right, yeah. all right. Well, we can, right, we can, well, I know, uh... we can say antagonist that's fine okay <laughs> sure that's one literary way to put it <laughs> just like billy, billy zabka <laughs> is another antagonist yeah. yeah they're all antagonists antagonistic well i know i think i heard the buzzer go off a while ago I don't no know. no but the one spader movie that like i think never gets enough attention is tough turf oh that's a great movie Jesus. yes i don't know that it's one a great movie yes Anyway, I just want to throw that Good out there. Mention. Nice, yeah. nice, nice little throw-in at the end there, dude. Dude, I yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked that one up. That was Ken Richards, right? Uh, yes. Ken, yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. I saw that once. I saw that once. It's a, it's a good one. Once. Really? It's okay. Come on. <laughs> wow. Come it's on. Okay. okay. By Rose. It's eighty-five. Huh? So that's did really... I actually say that out loud? I'm sorry. You did. Yeah, your your oh, inner wow. voice was out on that one. <laughs> wow, it was just like all over the place. Sorry, I just I don't know, just a little too predictable for me. Because I've seen Kim Richards in in other movies, and I just had a really hard time believing that she was the mean hot chick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, but she was a... in. Escaped to Witch Mountain, and I know. Yeah, when she was like eight or something. I know, but she was so cute. <laughs> well, she is cute. She's so cute. And then she yeah. wasn't. Can't get away from cute. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's one of the uh, Hollywood housewives now, right? Is she? I think so. Really? Well, I think she's one of the real the housewives of I don't know Beverly Hills. Is it Beverly Hills? Possibly. I think so. One of those. Weird, Hills. weird way to end your career. <laughs> paid her a lot of money, I guess. I don't know. Yes, and by the way, well, that I tangent was... was brought to you by Did Dave. I... Okay. <laughs> Dave. 